0: Hey Tom, you're our sales pro. Tell us about your podcast.
1: Do you have many boomers that are, that are rebels? Believe it or not, one of my one of my first clients was a boomer. All right. I want you to turn me into a rebel today.
0: I'm a Philly girl. I listen to Rocky and I'm going up those stairs, man, and I could do anything.
1: And I came back from corporate and I sat at the desk and I actually had to do sales. And I was mortified.
0: Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today for OK Boomer, Teach Me Sales. I'm Kelly Bloomer. And I'm Tom Bloomer. OK, Tom, you're our sales pro. In 30 words or less, can you tell us about this podcast?
1: I'm going to try. You know us salespeople like to talk, Kelly. You sure do. All right, 30 words or less. Can you do it? Well, if you're a sales pro and you're looking to grow in your sales career, if you like good, lively sales discussion, I think this is going to be a show for you. I've walked your walk for over 30 years in sales. I've knocked on the doors and overcome the same obstacles I think you may be facing as a seller, a sales manager, and as a VP of sales. I currently help assess, build, and train high performing media sales teams. Welcome.
0: Yeah, you really went over 30 words,
1: but I think it was good. I do too. Okay. So I hope our listeners will be all set. And Hey, Let's let's roll up our shirt sleeves and let's let's get at it.
0: So enjoy listening to Tom and his guests talk sales.
1: All right. Fantastic. We are really excited to be here with Eric. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Um, You know, I got excited when I spoke with uh, Brian Flynn and Brian McCaffrey, who I worked with for a number of years i um, had a lot of fun interviewing them, and I asked them, you know, I want to talk to someone who's been with Mint Magazine, selling, managing, doing all the things for a long time, uh, that you guys are really proud of, of their efforts, and uh, it, it didn't even take them a second, you know, they they both brought up your name, and I was really happy that, that you agreed to talk with us, um, so we are, everyone that's listening, we are with Eric Graybeal, um, Eric, you were with Mint Magazine for approaching how long now? Uh, be seventeen years in a few months. All right, so I, I want to hear a little bit about that because that's an amazing thing. I mean, back in the day, people stayed with companies for a long time. That really doesn't happen much anymore. So I, I definitely want to hear your story as we go through. but I, I have to ask you, because my whole goal was to work so then I could golf for the rest of my life. You were already golfing and and doing that. And then you decided to go into direct mail advertising. So um, how how did that ever happen? Well, it's funny you say
2: that um, because I was a golf pro before I I came to work here at Mint. And um, I found myself behind the pro shop desk more than I was playing golf. And I really only got to play golf on Mondays when the course was closed and all my other friends were at work. So, and every time I see someone walk in on a Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, and what is this gonna do for a living? And I'd ask them, well, I'm in sales. Well, I'm in pharmaceutical sales. Well, I'm in this type of sales. Well, I'm... So I started thinking, okay, these guys are in sales and they play a lot more golf than I do. They're out here playing two, wow. three days a week. So I gotta get into sales.
1: I've gotta to talk to all the sales recruiters out there that they don't have the right message. They need to be telling people, hey, go into sales, you're gonna be able to play a lot more golf. I'd love now, that. that could be a, you know, that could be a double-edged
2: sword. If you're not good I guess you're playing more golf. Or if you're really, really good, you can afford to play some golf. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what got me um, wanting to look. It was just that I was working 50, 60 hours a week and not making a lot of money. And um, it, it wasn't, you know, unless you have the director of golf or the head pro position, the assistant pro position is not, they're the ones doing all the dirty work. And, uh, you know, I just, with a college degree and working what I was working, I was ready to take a leap and try something different. So here I am
1: almost 17 years later. Fantastic. What Tell us, what was Mint Magazine like at that point? Was this a company you already had heard a lot about? You were very familiar? Were they well-branded? Did everybody know them? Or uh, was this kind of early on in in their development? Well, when I was approached by
2: Mint with a recruiter that worked at the golf course that, or excuse me, that was a member at the golf course that was friends with Brian McCaffrey, one of the founders of Mint Magazine. Um, I had never heard of him. And so I did a, a rush to learn as much about the, the company as I could before I went in with my first uh interview to meet with them. And the only thing I remember is hearing the jingle on the radio, we had this cheesy Mint magazine radio spot that would come on uh, various radio stations. And I was not a coupon clipper, I did not go through the mailbox and look at it, you know, I should have being a fresh college grad, uh, with not a lot of money, but I was not clipping coupons. So I did a crash course in Mint Magazine. And uh, it was a completely different company. When I first came on, there was only one product that came out 12 times a year in the Mint Magazine. It might have only come out 11 times when I first started, but That was all we had and um
1: well it was nice and simple right one product this is what i do and you were only pretty much full pages right did you have halves or were you no, no, we we had different end sizes but uh, yeah okay
2: yeah we had this other little now that i think about it we had two products we had a supplemental product called mint extra that i compare it to the um retail me not save piece it was that same paper stock okay came out in between Mint magazines for our citywide advertisers and um, it was about half the cost, it was very, uh, you know, small in, in size, probably about 16 pages or so. Well, it was about a quarter of our, or a fifth of our mint magazine size. And, uh, but that was it, just those two products, not a lot of training. Um,
1: a CRM, <laughs> right? I'm sure you had to put stuff in a CRM every day and, and do all that, right?
2: No, no, we had a, a giant, every, every rep, which kind of made it very difficult, was allowed a protected list of 20 accounts. And so we had about 15 reps and every good business in town was on this protected list that didn't run with us. So automatically I had a huge basket of people I couldn't call
1: on. And, um, did they tell you that during the interview part? no, no. no. But, yeah, but now the, uh, the other 14 reps made sure you knew that when you started, though, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I found out, I found out real quick because the, uh, the, the sales manager that was there before Ken Moody uh, was actually on his way out. He was looking to retire and he was, I'd say he lasted two months after I started. But my, my whole um, fire by selling and, and uh, mint in the uh, sales world was make a list of all the businesses that you know. And then I handed it to him he went through there with a pen and crossed out all the ones that I couldn't call. Mm-hmm. And he said, tell you what, why don't we do this? And he created a little script for me, put me in a cubicle and handed me a phone book, which back then, you know, a phone book was a big prospect tool. And he said, I want you to pick a category in here and I want you to go through every single one and call them and see if you can get an appointment. And that was, I almost didn't make it past that day. <clears throat> I can see that being
1: quite the first day. The very first person I called told me,
2: we're not interested. We don't want to talk to you. And instead I froze. You know what I did? I slammed the phone down. (laughs) I didn't respond back to her. I didn't say anything. I slammed the phone down and I said,
1: Oh no, what have I done? I bet that was a a fun dinner time conversation that first night, right? When you got home.
2: Yeah. I think I was trying to see if I can get back back into the golf business somewhere. And I said, you know what, I'll stick it out a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, luckily here I am. So I've, I've stuck with it. They got better after that. The calls got better.
1: Mm -hmm. So what was there a a light bulb that, that kind of went off At At what point do you go from saying, man, I I don't know if I made a good decision here to, you know what, I, this, I can see myself doing this for the next 17 years. What, any, any uh, thing that you remember? Well, you know what, I'm still not great on the phone. I still force myself to, to,
2: make a handful of cold calls a week. But I got out of my cubicle and I drove around and I just started walking in business. And it became easier when I could look someone in the eye and talk to them face to face and strike up a conversation. And you know, it makes them it's harder for them to say no when they see you in person. You can get a lot further than you can on the phone call. And I realized early on if I'm gonna have success in this business, I'm gonna be in my car. And I'm going to drive around and pull doors, and I'm going to work the phone when that when that first option does not work out, or as a follow up after I drive and see him first. So, um, you know, my, my trial by fire was phone work, but then I found my niche pretty quickly when I could get out, you know, in the field and pull doors, as most reps do. Now you're
1: you're you're managing a team of people now. I'm sure you've worked with a number of people over the years. I've always been fascinated. Some people love the phone. You know, I, I was never strong on the phone. I was want to be there face to face. Like you said, I want to be able to read the customer. I want to there's a certain likability factor that I feel was a strength of mine that I, that I couldn't do on the telephone. But I'm sure you've worked with some that that love the phone. Right. And that's they look at you. And they, when you say you want to get in your car and they probably think you're crazy.
2: Absolutely. I mean, everyone has their, their comfort zone and, and what, what clicks for them. But for me, I'm a, you know, working in a golf business, I dealt with hundred members a day that would come in. I'd chat with them. I'd talk to them. I, you know, just I'm a people person in person over the phone. I know how I get when the solicitor calls me. The first thing I want to do is get them off the phone. I don't want to hear what they have to say. i just, yeah, 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 I'm busy. So I think, okay, well, if I'm doing this to someone else, they're gonna feel and act the same way. So um, some people prefer that, people that have had experience doing that, inside sales jobs, people that are hammering phone calls out all day. I'm sure if I called a thousand people, I'd get better at it and get used to it and might prefer it. But I'd rather, instead of calling a hundred people and hope you know five of them wanna meet, I'd rather go see 10 people and get five of them that to wanna to meet. You know, it, it's just my preferred method And I found though that 90% of them do better in person, but there is that small percentage of people that just do better on the phone for whatever reason. You know, they're a volume type person and they can call more people and they can cover more ground. That
1: Whenever I talk to ones that love it, that's what they always say to me. They just find themselves so much more effective because when we're out knocking on doors, we're only going to get to so many people that day. And their feeling is, hey, you know, I can get to so many more people. You know, it's more of a... uh, um, quantity versus quality, I guess, in, in the way they look at it. Um, but so, so you're, you're pounding the phones, not real happy. You're going out. Now you're in your element. You're talking to people. Was For me, I remember back when I first started, because I came out of a different arena into sales, and, and I can walk you through the one sale that pretty much saved my sales career. It was just one that all of a sudden was like, all right, you know, I think I can do this. Was there a particular early sale or anything that you think back and say, "Man, that was that was really important to me"?
2: I can, um, and he still runs with me today. I went to high school with a um, guy that his father owned a HVAC company here in town, and he ran ads with Mint. His father did years before I started, and he came out of the Mint, and he was at my wedding, and you know we were feeling good. Let's just say that. And uh, he goes, I understand you're working at Mint now. I said, yeah, yeah, I need to come talk to you. And uh, it, it was a full-page citywide account. It was one of my first accounts that I signed. And he ended up spending, I think, 60000 70000 with me that first year. But it went from penny accounts, you know, 350 450 550 a month, the, the, the quarter, third and half local zone ad to getting a big citywide account. After your first few months there. And it just, I mean, you know what that does to new reps revenue and and confidence level. And um, it just, you know, it I found that you can get the bigger accounts easier because these larger businesses, they spend money easier and they're easier to work with. And they're, you know, these a, a lot of reps get intimidated calling on the big accounts because they're asking for a lot of money. But that kind of put the guard down with me and said, Man, it was easier to get this guy to spend five grand a month than me. Granted, I knew him and had a history with him, but a lot easier to get him to do that. And you get a lot of these businesses to spend $350 a month. You know, I was concentrating on the small stuff to, to get started. Oh, if I can add a quarter page here, I can add a third page here. That was a win for me. But then I just, you know, wow, I just signed up 10 of these, 12 of these in one, one go. You know, so that was a one that's probably the happiest I've ever been selling an ad probably to this day. What's
1: that to me, there's, there's one of the beauties of, of print and direct mail. He's been with you for 17 years now. You know, it, it is still there. Everything is kind of like a roller coaster. There's always things that go on. There's always new, new things that businesses want to try and nothing works for everyone. Um, but I saw the same thing over my time doing it that, you know, once you find the right account, and you get them started and you're doing right by them print still gives as good an ROI as, as I think anything out there. Absolutely.
2: So, yeah. I agree hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think for, for new sellers, that's what they have to discover. You know, it may take them a few sales it may take them that one big sale, but once they see what kind of results they can drive and they get the confidence, they're going to start opening some of those bigger accounts and, and that's really where they should be focusing right now you have uh, some local areas, but citywide is, is that still kind of the forte at mint Um, your, your best clients? Are they citywide?
2: Yeah. I mean, we have so many, you know, we have a prestigious living magazine here. We have, we have our huge direct mail line and then um, our our Mint footprint is about 520,000 homes. And within that 15 smaller local books, but my forte, you know, where I'm, the most fruitful right now is the citywide aspect. You know, a lot of my local stuff I've handed off to some of my reps, and I, I just kind of go after the big stuff now. You know, if I'm going to get out and prospect, I'm going to get out and try and pull doors. I'm going to go on the, you know, go after the big players in town that, that um, have the big budgets that that can buy all of our products, not not just the men, but they buy prestigious living and men and off page and um, but you know, that's where our books are strongest. As you know, you know, across the country, a lot of our, you know, the magazine in general was going down a little bit, but, um, you know, regionals where we really prop it back up, um, you know, as far as on page. So that's, that's where I focus.
1: Good. Excellent. And that's, you know, everybody has to kind of find their niche. They have to find what they're good at. Um, but when their niche is in some of those bigger tickets boy that that's when you know somebody could really hit a home run and do well to me that you have to have a good work life balance right i mean it it can't be you can't be killing yourself out there every day you have to be enjoying what you do um, i've talked to so many sales reps that they tell me it's just it's just torture you know they're they're tired they're stressed out they're you know, they're working 12-hour days. And, and I always would look at them and say, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, if you're, if, you, if you're going through that, you're doing something wrong. And they would look at me like I was nuts. So, you know, give us an idea for, for reps that are listening. You've done it a long time. You obviously wanted a good quality of life with, with the background of what you wanted out of it. How do you make all those things work?
2: Well, you have to plan out your day you have to know exactly every hour what you're going to be doing and now that i have children and i have children in sports and i have children in school i really have to maximize every bit of time i have during the day i i I start a lot earlier than most i get up at 5 a.m every day read my bible app um, drink my coffee get the kids ready and i'm working you know from 7 a.m on but I lot Periods of time for, you know, you have to cut out artwork time, you got to carve out email follow up time, you got to car- carve out um, follow up phone time, you got to carve out drop in time. And you just have to stick to that. If you stick to a regimented time frame and you follow that every day and make sure you're doing it within that window, you, you don't have to work. Now, granted i go outside of those hours sometimes like everyone does if a client calls at seven o'clock with an issue i'll answer it or whatever but you just have to pre-plan and when you go out to do stuff when i go out in the field to pull doors i know who i'm seeing before i go you know i'll i'll, I'll have appropriate swipes um i'll have the geography set where i'm gonna go see the, this guy first and then work my way in a line so i'm not ping-ponging all over the place and burning gas and wasting time and you're you're
1: probably able to see a lot more people in the day than somebody who's maybe working three more hours out there right because of the way you're doing that preparation yeah and
2: and you know I'm a manager now so I'm not pulling doors with the veracity like I did as a rep but um you know I I went out and saw about 15 businesses this week but I had all the stuff that I needed to see the, the the samples I wanted to show them um, knew what I was going to say, you know, uh, was as prepared as I could be, but even when I wasn't that specific, I would still do it in a way that would make sense when I was mowing the yard, so to speak, I would know I'm going to prospect Ponte Vedra and work South to North or North to South, or, um, I would just make sure, you know, if I'm not seeing specific folks, I would see as many folks as I could within a geography to where it would makes sense. You know, you just, <clears throat> but if you wake up every day and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what time you're doing it, and you're just kind of winging it. That's when chaos kind of will, will, will creep its way in. And I know that we always have curveballs thrown at us where stuff comes out of left field and you've got to handle that problem and you can't stick to the plan, but if you can get back on course as quick as you can, but, um, you know, knowing that I have a t-ball game at five 30 today Well, I'm working my day around, how am I going to finish by 4.45 to go get my son and get him back here and get a snack in him and get his uniform on and because I'm a coach back up to the field. And, you know, you just have to plan your way each day accordingly. And if you do that, you know, I know what I'm doing Monday before I go to bed on Friday. You know, if you follow a
1: plan and work it, that's how you have the success. That's how you maximize your day. So so now you have a team that you manage. Um, what used to really drive me crazy um, I was in New Jersey and it would take sometimes a two hour drive to get with the rep I was working with that day. So I'd be up, I'd leave the house. I would drive two hours. I'd meet them in a diner and say, all right, let's, let's go. What, what do you got planned? And then they, they'd sit there and they'd, be, well, you know, I thought maybe we would do this or maybe, and it would be so frustrating. So when you're working with people, do you find most of the people you're working with, they have that same focus and plan or is that something you constantly have to teach people?
2: Well, you have to remind them a lot. I mean, when I do my ride-alongs with reps and I have that same scenario come up, well, I thought we'd go do this. And I, and that's the one time it happens when I ride again and I say, who are we seeing today? Because I want one of two things. I want you to have me go in a handful of appointments with you, you know, three, three, four, five appointments, or I want to go see your top 10 prospects. I don't want to go just drive around aimlessly and let's go, you know, see this guy, and I thought we'd go over here. And my time's too valuable, and your your time's too valuable. You need to look at it that way too. And you know, you you have a, a manager with you that can help you get sales or help you get appointments. Maximize it. Don't just check a box. Don't just have them ride along for for no reason. You know, because you're forced to. And I'll I've I've canceled, you know, ride alongs. I said no that's not good enough if you don't have it you know we're going to move it till next week or we're going to move it three days down the road or you know but that's something that um, unfortunately i have to remind you know some reps in the past aren't with us anymore that just it just didn't click you know that's what we that's what we do as managers i guess
1: mm-hmm. yeah no we you have to find a way to get it across to them and for some it comes natural you know i had certain sales reps that. Man, when I was with them, they had the whole day lined up. You know, they they were sad at the end of the day. You know, is there any way you can stick around for another call? Right. Right. But then you'd have some that we would go around and it was just a total wasted day. I'd be driving home and I'd call my wife and say, Yeah, I'm just not in a good mood. You know, I just spent seven hours and and we got zero done um because they didn't and, and you're gonna see them what, once a week, once every two weeks. You know, that was such a bad sign. But, you know, I think some of it goes to, to what motivates us, right? So, you know, if you're a sales rep out there and you're motivated and you want to take advantage of your resources and be successful, you're going to go a certain way. Um, give us an idea. What You were obviously very successful in sales. You still handle some accounts as you're working with other people. You know, what's motivating you and, and how critical is that to, to your success?
2: You know, what motivates me is change over the years. You know, obviously we're insane. Wait, wait, you like change? I don't, I really don't. Uh I I hate it initially Mm -hmm. with all my being and then I get over it quickly uh, because I I realize you have to change if you want to evolve and you have to, you know, I used to dread uh, another new product or another new process or another new, and if it's not going away, there's no point in sulking about it. You might as well get used to it, embrace it, so you can take advantage of it. I mean, most changes that come down the pipe are to benefit people, not to do the ladders. Although we feel like they don't benefit us, but um, you know, initially, just money. I just want to make money, 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 and all sales reps like to make money. But I found myself, you know, I'd rather win an award than make money sometimes, you know, like to me, if you told me, well, you, you can make this much more a year or you could get the, the sales rep of the year, what would you rather have? I'd rather have the plaque behind me. so I could tell people I got sales salesman of the year or sales manager of the year.
1: And then, and and there, there are plenty, plenty of really good sales reps that that is the number one thing, you know, that's something that drives them that, that, uh, uh, that feeling and that accomplishment. And, and usually it comes then with the money, right? Usually if you're winning those awards, the money's also following. And you took that is exactly what I was going to say. If,
2: if you focus on that result and hitting your goals and exceeding your goals and going for that award, the money takes care of itself. And some people are motivated by the accolades. Some people are motivated by travel. You know, they, they, they work to vacation and they work to get to go on trips and they, um, you know, my kids are my biggest motivation, my family right now. I just want to give them all the things I didn't have growing up, provide the best possible life for them and experiences for them while, while teaching them how to work hard, how I grew up working hard. Um, I'm getting ready to start a, uh, my wife makes the best chicken salad in the United States of America. Just throwing that out there.
1: Well, you know what? When we're done, I'll, I will email you my home address. So okay. Yeah,
2: this is Perfect. Good. Well, what we're going to do is my daughter, she's she's seven, she wants to make cookies. And so we're going to, they have a um, farmer farmer's market here once a month where you can get a booth and you can, so we want to make chicken salad and cookies and have the kids set it up, kids run it. So we teach them how to, you know, they've created the name we're we're, we're getting the logo made to put the stickers on the tubs and all that stuff and, you know, we told them that they can fund, they can pick their vacation where they want to go with that. And um, teach them, you know, my son's only five, but teach them how to how to work for money and how to, you know, just get used to that ingrained in them. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, we just wanted, that's what gets me going in the morning. And, um, and I just know if I provide and do as much as I can for them, putting God first, my children and family second and then my career third, but take care of it in that order, then then you're good to go. And uh but you gotta really dig down into your reps and figure out what gets them out of bed in the morning. You know what, because everyone's different. And mm-hmm. if I know someone lives to vacation, say, hey look, you know, you can get one more full-paced citywide ad. And you can stay at the Ritz Carlton on your next trip instead of the days in. Or you can go to this ski resort versus ski resort and related to things that they can put their mind around, or you can maybe, maybe fly first class out there instead of coach, you know? And now, now uh,
1: how do you, how do you break it down then into what they're doing every day? Okay. Cause you're, you're giving us a good idea of what motivates you and, and get you going and, and excited every morning and, and you've been doing it long enough so you can see the big picture. You know how it's all going to th- come out. Um, but that rep that is motivated just, just by the money or, or wants to fly first class or go on a special vacation, do they always kind of correlate their activity to that result? Or you know, how does somebody sit down and really see, okay, this is what I want? Because you hear they, they put the picture in their car, right? This is where I want to go. I got this beautiful picture hanging here to look at. But I, I think a lot of people struggle with understanding what activities are going to get them there. So um, how, how critical is that to, to the people you work with? Uh,
2: that's a good question. Um, I think I understand what you're saying. You mean what What do I tell them as far as daily activities to,
1: to get into that? Is that what you mean? Exactly. Oh. They say, you know what, Tom, I, I, I want to make $100,000 next year. You know, maybe they're making 75. And they're like, I, I I need to make 100. But then to sit down, and that sounds great, but here's what you have to do every day to, to make that difference and to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, you
2: just go over the math loop. So, so, okay, they're trying to net 25 grand more a year. Okay, so that's two grand, a month. Okay. So how many ads do you have to sell to get 2,000 2, in commission? What kind of ads are they? You know, is it four full page citywide ads? Is it three halves a full and some off page? And say, look, you'll be there quickly if you can add this over the next three or four months, which will equate to this over the course of a year. So you know, it just goes down to uh, how many drop-ins have you done that week and how many, you know, my goal I always try to get them to think about it, is if you can get one new appointment a day, okay? If you can get five a week, you should be getting five, six, seven new accounts a month, okay? Because it really
1: is a numbers game at the end of the day. Just it is, I funny. mean, it
2: just comes down to like, you need to know how many doors you have to pull to get X number of appointments. I know when I'm hot, personally, I've had days I've seen 5 people and gotten 5 appointments. I've had days where I've seen 20 and gotten one or two or none. There's just some days you can't do it. Your mojo's off or you're just talking to the wrong person and you're off. You have days you can moonwalk in the front door and do a handstand and they say come back here tomorrow at 3 and you don't have to <laughs> say anything. Right. So you just need to know your average. You know, if, if every 10 doors you pull, you get two appointments, okay. Well, how many people do you need to see a week to get 10 appointments or five appointments? How bad do you want it? You know, it's, and telling them when they're hot to stay hot, there's nothing worse than days when you're out pulling doors and you've gotten four or five appointments that day. Some, some people stop.
1: Like, why would you stop? Why not? That's, my goal was two, yeah. Eric. I got five. Why?
2: I know. Can't, can I go home? I
1: want to go golf today. This is great. I got it all done.
2: I know. I know. And, and it's, I get it. Trust me. I've been there. There's days where hey, well, I've got eight appointments next week. I'm good. I don't need to do any more. But if I would have worked another hour, I probably could have gotten 10 or 11, you know, the following week. So it's, I always tell people when you feel like not calling anymore, do one more call. When you feel like not pulling one more door, just pull one more door you can do that every single day over the course of a year I guarantee you you'd probably get five to ten more or additional accounts than you would have gotten and that that's that icing on the cake that you're looking for it's just hard we get to a point we want to knock off and I've done it too I've I've gotten to the end of the day it's five o'clock and I see that business over there I haven't been in there yet what is that and you're going <laughs> do not want to go in there right now? And most of the time, I swear, Tom, when I go in there, I end up getting an appointment, or it ends up being
1: good. Yep, something, <laughs> something's propelling you to say, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And you know, I remember when I was out on the street for a long time every day. Whenever I'd have that bad day, or you know, maybe have a big appointment. You know, three o'clock in the afternoon, a really important appointment. You get there, and they're like, Yeah, I don't have time today. You know, you're going to have to come back. And and then you get that deflated feeling because I really thought I was closing them today. To me, the whole key was I wanted to go knock on doors. You know, I wanted to do that because I didn't want to go home and go to bed tonight with that deflated, you know, I wanted to knock on a couple more doors and see something that looks good. You know, you walk in like, yeah, you know what? I I need to do something. Come in and see me Monday. And my whole spirit changed. And I always thought that was so important.
2: One thing that's always helped me, when I'm super deflated or I've, I've had a sh- string of appointments where they just didn't buy, they weren't interested, and was not the time. And you go a few days and just, nothing's clicking. I'll, I'll drive around and start seeing my clients and ask, ask them to sit with them again. I've got something cool I want to show you. Can I come back by tomorrow or come back by whenever? It's that, that friendly
1: face, the, the happy person to talk to you? You know they're not going to kick you out. You know they're not you know, they'll probably
2: sit down with you and you just come up with something. Even if you don't have a new product, you come up with a new idea and you're ready when you go back and see them and you have something fresh to talk to them about. Even if it's a new offer or a new, I think you should do this instead of this. Let's try, you know, you should really add this. And by doing that, you know, so many of my reps and so many reps in general get tunnel vision on what they sell their clients and they don't deviate from it. I mean, I'm just selling them ads in the magazine. Why aren't you selling them an off-page
1: product? Postcards and inserts and all those cool things. They get comfortable with that. You know, they're spending 500 a month.
2: Well, they won't won't do that. How do you know? How do you know if you charge them 600 a month for the year and then you can get them to add an extended card during holiday time? Just something new, just something. (sighs) I mean, they trust you. They do business with you. If you are going to add stuff and it just, they're the easiest people to sell to is your existing clients. And when you get in a rut, you got to go see them, you know, just to give you some confidence again that, okay, I still know what I'm doing. I can still sell stuff. I haven't lost my mojo, you know, and then you can get back to doing the other stuff after that. But I've always, that's my, Emergency button. I'm going to go talk to some clients and get back in the spirit again.
1: And, and I think that's important. Everyone needs to have their emergency button because we have to be on. Right. When you get in front of that account or that that door knock, you need to be on. And when you feel you're you're not on, you, you better have a way of hitting that button. You know, And for, for me and, and you're in a lot better shape than I am. For me, it was always that midday milkshake boom, when I needed it, that button wouldn't go off and, and I'd be a happy camper. Uh, I'm paying for it now though. But, but let me ask you, so you're, you're doing, we're talking door pulls here. A lot of people go out and you go in and you're, you're walking in on that cold call, you're doing that door pull. And it's so easy for the business owner, Eric, they look at you and they say,
0: yeah, you know,
1: I have no budget. You know, I, I don't have any money. So, you know, I, I don't want to waste your time. I have no budget. What do you do there? Is that, is that door then just done and I go look for my emergency button or, or you know, how do you overcome that?
2: Well, with the CCO FAD program that came out, if they're a business that falls into that category, you can always use the line, well, you're good, you don't have to write me a check. You know, that's, that's always something great to dangle
1: that's nice, but, but a lot of our listeners don't have that program, Eric. So, you know, right. well, maybe you can tell them a little bit more about that later and they'll want to oh, join in magazine, I, I, but cut the audience. Yeah, That's but right now, some of them, they don't have that, that program. I hear that line a lot. Okay. So, um,
2: and for those that aren't familiar with that, that's a certificate program where they don't have to write a, you know, check to, to run with us. But right. I use this line all the time, Tom. I say, look, Give me 15 minutes to show you how I can help your business. If you're interested, great. If you're not, I'll never come back by here again, but you need to at least hear me out. Cause I have some cool stuff that I know you'll love and it's worth to learn about. And look, if you don't like it, you'll never see me again. And that takes the door, you know, it takes their guard down. Um, it's a bold faced lie. Cause of course I'll be back, but that'll get someone that's, it works more times than not. I mean, if, they're just really not having it angry. You know, that line doesn't come out, but if they're just kind of hemming and hawing, that that line kind of comes out, but I just diffuse it and say, look, I'm just here to show you, tell you about it. And that at least that way. You'll know about it for a future date, but I know it'll interest you. And if it doesn't, you'll never see me again.
1: You're, you're definitely bringing their guard down a little bit, right? Because they're thinking, all right, what, what do I have to lose? 15 minutes and then he's not going to harass me anymore. So, you know, sure, come on in tomorrow or whenever, right? Is that yeah. that's your hope at that point? Yeah,
2: yeah. And, it, and I'm just kind of jovial about it and say, look, look, man, I'm different than all the other people pulling your doors. I can really help your business. Um, it is worth my time and your time for us to chat for 15, 20 minutes. If it doesn't interest you, hey, you won't see me again. What do you say?
1: Yep. No, I like that. And, that and to me, yeah, and, and I, what I really like about it is, you know, you talked earlier how you need to be very efficient in, in your time span, right? Um, to me, when you, when you have that confidence and you're using a something along the lines of what you just did there, you're confident in it and, and you're going to make the best use of your time. Some people, they may be going back to that same business, you know, five, six, seven times, never getting anywhere, never getting time spent because they're not using anything new. They're just going in with the same approach. And, you know, I see a lot of people just it's wasted motion. You know, I'm assuming with the preparation, the way you talked going in, when you get that 15 minutes, you're locked and loaded and you actually have a chance of, of making a sale that day as opposed to wasting time on, you know, multiple follow ups.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I close 80% of my first meeting appointments and then, you know, the rest are closed, you know, probably within a month after that. Um, my, my intention is every meeting to sign them on the spot. You know, I, I always want to meet with the final decision maker if at all possible. And I don't go with the intention of just talking about it. And let me know what you think. And let's, you know, let's get together next month and see what you think. I go in with a recommendation and a plan and if, no one knowing what I know if, if I was sitting in your chair right now this is what I would do and I map it out and I break it down as easy and simple form as I can and man I, what do you say you want to do this or not and uh, you know not that crude but
0: yeah, you know, the reality. Hey listeners it's kelly bloomer here to tell you the show is brought to you by bloomer associates if you visit our website found in your show notes you'll find we offer sales training talent assessment for hiring and team development and individual coaching for sales pros and managers we bring over 30 years in media sales and leadership experience if you enjoy listening to okay boomer teach me sales ask how our team can work with your sales team for virtual meetings, roundtables, and motivational seminars. You can contact us through our website or call today, 919-267-9871. Now back to our show.
1: I've got to ask you, because I've seen you do some training sessions years ago. So when you tell them this is what I would do, are you asking them to crawl, to walk, or to run? What are you asking them to do at that point? (laughs) That's
2: a good question. So I come up with a scenario of all three. So mindset behind that is the first one's kind of the shocker. Okay. The, the, the run, you know, that's the, if there wasn't a budget constraint issue and you just felt like giving us thousands of dollars a month to try us out, you know, let's, let's shoot for this. But, um, and then the, the walk is the, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can at least try it out and get a foot walk or or excuse me, the crawl um and they kind of gravitate towards the middle you know um normally the the run is an annual with a lot of add-ons and uh magazine ads and direct mail pieces and multiple products and it's a huge mix of everything with the uh, walk about a six-month program with typically one direct mail piece with some magazine ads and then the uh crawl is either uh, three magazine ads or a couple off page stuff, but um, you know, kind of a three to six month and or four month, six month, twelve month program. Um and then the budget's going accordingly with it. Most of the time they, you know, they might pick the 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 run but modify a couple things or the, you know, not knowing what their budget is, I, I kind of, you know, sometimes their budget's bigger way bigger than I had thought in my mind, or obviously way less. And they kind of say, well, I really want to do this, but I only want to do that two times instead of three times, or I'd love to do that four times instead of two times. And they, they kind of pick off of it and say, well, can we do this here? And they, they start taking the plans and modifying them. So they end up doing a hybrid of all of them, you know, and, and and that's perfect, right?
1: Because they're, they're putting some ownership in, they're involved in the process. And at the end of the day, that's that's what a lot of business owners want to do, right? They they want to be able to have options and make a choice, as opposed to, well, are, are you in or out? You know, do you want to do this or not? And um, so you're you're showing them how they can build those options and customize what they want.
2: Yeah, and, and the key is getting them long term. I mean, if if someone won't work with you for six months, it's really they're kind of getting off on the wrong foot now. I know we all do two, three and four months agreements to get them in the book and to get them to try it. And they, you know, you started to don't want someone to walk away because of that. But if you're having to sign someone multiple times throughout the year and they're only, you know, they're not getting a full season doing a product or doing it the right way. I mean, no one's doing TV for a month. No one's doing, you know, anything for, for, one month. You know, you got to look at it at least 150 days and up, you know, four or five months and up um, to to at least have a gauge on it. But, you know, I wanted to feel like we're partners with them. You know, we're not just someone selling them an ad. We truly want to grow their business. We're like an agency that has all these products that we're here to, I mean, do you want to make money or do you want to just get your name out and try and make, you know, nothing worse than someone just trying to, I hate when people go, well, I just want to spend this amount of month. They don't even know what advice. It buys. It's have this number in their head. Can you do something for 400 a month? Or can you do something for, and I'll tell them if it's the wrong thing I'll say, no, um, save your money. Cause if you spend 500 a month with me doing this, you need to at least spend 1500 a month doing that to, to get anywhere near decent results. If you can't, you know, if you're not willing to go that route, I'm not willing to take your money and have it, come back on me in 30 days and say it's not working and I I put you down the wrong path and we don't work when in reality if you went that path we would work and you'd be singing our praises a lot of times they they
1: respect that they're going to respect that and they're going to appreciate your honesty you know whether whether they want to do something or they're prepared or not they're, they're going to see what, what you're helping them with, which, which is the goal. And, and you've got to build those expectations properly right out of the gate. Or let me put it, if you're not building good expectations with those accounts, they're not still advertising with you 17 years later. So
2: one of the worst things I see, the thing that frustrates me the most unless you see a rep, that all they're focused on is a sale. They don't care if it's a, they're getting 400 bucks or 500 bucks. They, they just want to get that sale and they may know, They may or may not know um, that's the wrong thing, but they don't care. And- Is that that desperation,
1: you think? Where where does that come from? It
2: is, it's people wanting to fill a book, it's people wanting to to sell space at print time, it's people, you know, and and I get that, but, um, and that's what experience and years of doing this job will do. I mean, I'm guilty of it. When I first started out, I just, you know, I present something that, that would cost let's just say $1,500. And while well, I'm going to spend 500. Okay, well, here's what you can do for 500. Then I just sell them that. It was Ooh, right, right away. You part. go, you go right I to that, right? Just fold it like a cheap shirt. Okay, cool. Let's perfect. We have this. And three months later, your magazine doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're in reality. If you just stuck to your guns or walked away and said, look, you know, if your budget's 1500 bucks and you want to do it over three months, you need to do it in one month and do this. So it works. So you want to do it every month. So you actually make money. And, you know, that's hard for new reps that just want to get accounts. But in reality, if people can get the mindset that, okay, if they're not doing this the right way, I'm not going to get them anyway after three months or after two months, they're going to be gone. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose them anyway. You know, yeah, you get that one month gratification with a small commission check or two months, but wouldn't you rather have it for years to come if you stuck to the plan and you know sold that
1: business what it needed? You you've hit on a lot of things, Eric. So let me ask you, what what are the key things that differentiate somebody who's successful? in in direct mail advertising and someone who's not because you've hit on a number of things today. Is there one or two that really jump out to you as uh, as the key things? Well, they've
2: they've got to be competitive, you know, um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people who just kind of kind of go through the motions on a day to day uh, basis and they, they, they don't, um, they don't care enough. In my opinion, you really got to treat it like it's your business. I mean, I always look at myself as a 1099 rep, you know, even though I work for a company, but we, we dictate our own salary, so to speak. I mean, if you want to give yourself a raise, you can do it today. You can go out and sign up a business and give yourself a four or $500 raise today and you can do it tomorrow and you can, you have to take ownership of what you do, just like any sales rep does. But the ones could found- be the
1: essence essence of sales, right? That's why you would hope most people get into sales because they have that control o- over their income.
2: It is, and what the, the ones I've noticed at Clipper and Mint and you know our company, they're relentless. They even if they do a million and a half in sales, they're still out pulling doors. They don't rest on their laurels. They're out there working every single day because, and hustling every single day, because I, I know what drives them. They, they get excited when they get appointments. They get excited when they get sales. They don't, you know, um, I think people get to a certain level and they, they just become comfortable. And you can never really stay comfortable in this business because your best customer is your client's best, or your best customer is your competitor's best prospect. So like anything, I mean, when we have a small hole in this bucket that's slowly being drained, and sometimes the hole gets bigger and sometimes it gets smaller. But if you're not constantly adding to it, it's just gonna slowly do this, or sometimes in big jumps, you know, go no away and and you just can't rest on what you've done. You've just got to stay after it. And um, you know, I've always been to the Mindset, well, I hit this level and see if I can get to that level and that level and that level. And sometimes I get frustrated because my goals would always increase. Well, I just did one point this. You expect me to get to one point that. And it's hard enough to keep what I've gotten and and have. um, But if you don't push yourself and always strive to beat what you did the year before. And we are in sales. I mean, yeah, it's great what you did yesterday, but what are you doing today? You know, you, that, that awesome big sale was a month ago. What do you got coming up? You know, I mean, yeah, you can pat yourself on the back, have a glass of wine that night, whatever you do to celebrate, and then you got to get back at it the next day. And, you know, I, to me, this, this job is like sports sometimes of streets. You know, you just get on these hot streets where you, you can sell ice to an Eskimo, and you're just, everyone you talk to is, you know, and then you have streaks where it's just, man, everyone wants to cancel. Everyone's, And it's just, you know, you got to ride it high when it's high and weather it when it's low. But, you know, if you're not hustling in all the in-between, those are what make the successful reps here. And just, um, you know, one thing I found, too, is that people that are really busy don't have to say how busy they are. You can tell how busy they are. You know, people are half as busy as they perceive themselves to be.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I
2: i found. You know, we can all do more than we're doing,
1: I think. I I, I always love the struggling sales rep that would, we'd sit down, we'd start talking, and they would tell me how they're even working on the weekends, and they're working until nine o'clock at night. So, um, but your, your top performers, you don't hear that. They're usually not telling you how hard they're working. So. Um, Hey, Eric, this is this has been great. You've given us a lot of good information. Um, I'm glad that uh, the Bryans um, said that uh, we should get sit down and and interview with you because I think this has been really good. Hopefully, everyone's enjoyed it. Um, Briefly, give us an idea if if somebody wants to follow up with you. uh, Obviously, they can go to our website, but where's the best place for them to reach out to you? um i'm on linkedin i have a
2: profile on linkedin i've got uh, my personal email address which is e graybill uh spelled g-r-a-y-b-e-a-l at mintmagazine.com m-i-n-t then magazine spelled out um or myself uh feel free to call 904-993-8153 um, All
1: right.
2: so hopefully yeah. there's a
1: business owner out there that's looking for uh, a good place to run an ad yeah i'm here I'm here. We're ready. Fantastic. Now, uh, for sales reps that are listening, any openings in the Jacksonville area for men? We do. Are you looking for anybody to add on to the team? We, we have a position we're
2: um, trying to fill now, um, and then we have another that we're opening up in July. So we're going to hire two here in Jacksonville this year, uh, but we're actively hiring for, for one now. So if you're interested, uh, please feel free to reach out. Uh, you do have to live in the Jacksonville area,
1: though. That's the only requirement. Um, I can't, I can't stay up here in Raleigh. I really need to be in Jackson. I can't mean, if you just get up at two in the morning and drive down every night, you know, uh, you know, Eric, I, I can do it on the phone. I'm really good. So, and I'll just come down once a week and uh, we'll golf and, and life will be good.
2: There you go. So,
1: hey, I have to ask you, and, and I know you got to run because I, I've heard the computer going off. So I think you have some clients all set and ready for you today. So that's, that's good news. Um, the, the, is that a dog? Is that a bird? What, what's that noise I've heard occasionally in the background there? Probably
2: both. My windows are open. Uh, it's a beautiful 68 uh, and sunny spring, spring day here. So you're probably hearing uh, the birds outside. And my dog, which is in my bedroom with the door shut, uh, she is a half Pomeranian, half Chihuahua, palm So you probably heard her barking a little bit. L- little bitty? About an eight, eight pound nightmare. About that pig. So, but she's a sweetheart. But she would be uh, way too interested in our conversation if I left her on her bed right now. So there you
1: I, go. I, uh, mine is right here on the carpet next to me. I got a forty pounder, and she just she sleeps. She loves the taping; it just puts her right to sleep. I I, I don't know why. Uh, but the uh, the bird sounds. That's it's got me wanting to come visit Jacksonville. So that's it. Uh, that must be a gorgeous day there. Come on down anytime. Brian and Brian live here too. We'll play some golf. Absolutely. Eric, thank you for your time today and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. No problem, Tom. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that's it. That's today's show. Okay, Boomer, teach me sales.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and follow. We hope you make us a part of your week and don't forget to share with your friends and coworkers.
1: Should we mention the
0: website? Sure. The website, OKBoomerTeachMeSales.com.
1: And where can they engage
0: with us? LinkedIn at Thomas J. Bloomer.
1: We hope to see you there.